When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. Um, still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. Just distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. I, I, I can have it. You, you, no, no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline. And deadline. Are you even listening to me right now? The rut is finally upon us, and if your bow isn't in shape to put down the buck of your lifetime, or you drop your bow out of your tree stand and you need a quick fix, you need to head down to Williams Archery Pro Shop and Indoor Range. Go see Ron and Linda Williams. They're a family-owned bow dealership who specialize in bow tuning and hands-on shooting lessons. With the new bows hitting the shelves, you need to go check out what they have to offer for Hoyt, PSE, Bear, Parker, and the new Elite bows. They also offer all of your hunting accessory needs. Please mention you heard about Williams on the Whitetail Distraction Podcast when you give them a call at 724-667-9660. And happy hunting. Go get the buck of your lifetime. It's the rut, people. Welcome to episode 16 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me today in the Rack Shack and always, Charles Hedlund. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Oh, man. I am... I'm doing okay. <laughs> just okay we had uh we had one hell of a week i'm doing phenomenal yeah we got some pretty cool stories to tell today we do double trouble a double trouble episode we're gonna go ahead and discuss how you and i got it done on two pretty good pa bucks if i must say so myself two spikes two spikes <laughs> barely legal barely legal <laughs> I like it. No, uh, we did good, man. It's been a, oh my gosh, it's been probably everything you've ever wanted it to be for end of October, early November so far. I've been seeing a lot of deer hit the ground and, you know, we've been having a lot of success ourselves as well yep. as people around us. And I think that's pretty cool when, when you start to see your own group and, you know, the two of us start putting deer down, especially when we're hunting together and stuff. That's cool. So much fun, man. Plus you got 
you got a hell of a story to tell. I do. On uh, your buck. And, and you got you know, a good one, too. I got a pretty good story myself, but not as interesting. Definitely not as uh, eventful, we'll call it. <laughs> eventful. It was cool, though. It I was. mean, um, I've been looking forward to this episode. I have, too, man. Yeah. I'm going to want to get it recorded. I don't want to lose that 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 vibe, but it ain't happening. I'm gotta still keep it cheesing when it's fresh. ear to ear, man. Yeah, we'll be able to remember these details 10 years from now. <sighs> Absolutely. I mean, every buck or any deer that you kill, I can remember where I'm at, what the wind was, you know, all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So nothing changes here. It's been, what, since the 30th I killed mine, and you killed yours on the 27th. The 27th, yeah. Three days apart. On my mom's birthday. On your mom's birthday, I was one day away from Halloween buck. Yep. Oh, man. I wanted that <laughs> Halloween buck so bad, but I'm not going to complain. I know, man. I feel you. I was pumped to put that deer down. And, Absolutely. You know, we'll get into that. But it all, it actually, uh, if you want to jump right into it, it all starts with uh, the morning of the 27th. Yeah. So the night before, mm-hmm. we were talking. We were like, oh, man, we could hit this spot. We could hit this spot. And then we were like, all right, so let's hit that spot. And then we'll hit this spot in the evening. Yeah. And we were kind of thinking about switching it vice versa. And then we were like, I don't think we can get clean in that spot in the morning. Let's just hit that in the evening. And then we ended up going out to... Uh, out to the old farm property. the old farm property. You were talking about even possibly getting on some private... Or, I'm sorry, public uh, way back in. That and two I mile was like, mark. hey, man, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, what Turkey was in. Right? Yeah, tur- mm, yeah, that was the weekend turkey It was came weekend. In. It was a Saturday. Twenty yep. seventh was Saturday. Yep. And I was like, hey, we might not want to. We might not want to go on public yeah, land. People might be hitting in there. Yeah. So I was like, let's go. Let's go to the farm property, and then you know, if we don't do good there, we have another property where we we're pretty confident that we could get on some bucks there. Yep. And uh, we'll do that in the afternoon. So morning comes with the twenty seventh, and we get out to the farm property rather early. We did good on time and we were walking in together and we're walking down along the the cattle fence and out of nowhere i look over to my right and while we're walking and there's just a giant body deer like 10 (laughs) feet away from us literally watching us walk by him her whatever it was i'm guessing it was a buck i think it was it it was massive yep and i don't know if it's because we were walking kind of in unison together right along the cow pasture fence that he thought we were a cow if he got confused because it was dark. I mean, it was dark, dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were not in there at gray light. We were in early. Yeah. And we we literally, he would not have, I don't think he would have busted out until I saw him, realized what I was seeing, stopped and looked right at him. And yeah, I think just, you hit me and you're like, dude, there's a deer. Right yeah, I'm like, there's a deer 10 feet away from us. Yeah. And it took off. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang it. And then I think you saw another didn't blow deer. or anything. Just nope. literally took off. And it didn't even it didn't even sprint off. It no. kind of just bounded up into the field, the basically in the direction we came right. walking in. We right. kind of walked down the field, and then we took the bend, and it just bounded back up the hill out of sight because it was so dark. I don't even think we were using our headlights at no, that point. No, we weren't. So I just saw a silhouette. And then I think you saw... Another deer after that, like right after that kind I of think take that was off. A doe. Probably a doe. Yeah. And so we get in there and I, I set you up in the tree that you need to you need to be in. In a good spot, uh, you know, in a little creek bottom where it's a nice little pinch point that I've seen, you know, deer travel late mornings very often. That's what's nice about this farm property. I have a lot of years experience hunting on it. Yep. A lot of times sitting on the edge of you know, edge of this big field where I can observe a lot and get a lot of intel over the years. 
And that's one of the things I've always seen. Yep. You know, that's why I've moved my stands down into that bottom, you know, to try to catch that, that pattern. So uh, you got set up and I headed back over towards my uh, ladder stand that was set up just inside the timber on the other side of the field. Yep. And as I was walking over to my stand, I noticed two other deer in the field and I could tell they were little. And I figured it was the two little fawns that, um, sorry, yearlings that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I had uh, an opportunity on earlier in the year when my rangefinder took a took a bum for the worst yeah it happens and i was like okay so it's probably two young deer by themselves they don't know what i am i'm probably 30 yards away from them so instead of stopping i just kept my pace kept kind of angling away from them instead of going towards my stand to try to stay and basically they bounded a couple times and then they'd watch me and i'd keep going and they'd bound and they'd watch me and eventually i got past them and it turned out as soon as I got past them, I hit the wood line and my tree stand was right there. So it was perfect. I walked 10 yards. Well, it's probably like 25 yards right into the woods. Yeah, sh- probably. Straight up the tree stand. Yep. So I was like, okay, that worked out great. I can still see them out there. We're, we're good. We're golden. And daylight came and you had texted me that there's doe feeding in the field, which I was already watching with my binoculars. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> see here. I mean, I was looking through a little pocket. Like I had to stand mm-hmm. up and like almost hang off my stand to see up into that part of the field and yeah because you're in a, a in real there. brushy area it's hard to see up my way yeah. from where you're at a bunch of oak trees there with all the, yeah, the leaves on them still and i'm watching they're about 80 yards away they're feeding right at me i'm thinking those dumb deer let me walk right past them hmm. and now they're going to give me an opportunity and i'm thinking you know these are the same deer they came out of this bedding area right on the other side of me i'm right between them this is looking good so sure enough, they fed right up to me, and they kept coming right at me. And the next thing you know, they kind of veered off would be – I was facing them. I was turned backwards in my ladder stand facing the tree, and they were off to my left. So they were working from my l- right to my left, and I lost sight of one of them. So I'm watching this other one, and it's kind of like 40 yards away, and it's getting closer, and it's out in the field, but I don't have a shot. So I'm like, all right, just be patient. They'll come through. Sure enough, the doe, the, the first one pops out into my lane at 40 yards and walks right through it. And I have one lane. Other than that, it gets into some thick timber and they're gone. So I'm like, oh, damn. Now I got to get ready. I'm, I, you know, I'm hitting my range finder. I'm hitting the spots. And I just keep trying to range find that open field, you know. And it's tough when you're range finding an open field at right around 40 yards with high grassy stuff. You hit a little lump. You hit this. You hit that. I was getting like 40, 43, 42. 44 like i kept getting random ranges yep so now finally i'm like oh i gotta put my range finder away i gotta draw as soon as this deer starts to come through so sure enough i see her come out and she's coming across my only lane i draw back and i give her a good meep she stops because she was kind of angling away from me she stops and like literally turns her whole body to look back towards me perfectly (laughs) broadside so now, my younger days, I probably would have just flung an arrow right then and there. But for whatever reason, you know, I've been talking myself through these things, kind of like some of the advice we, you know, gave to the new hunters, yep. your mantra. So I I had to stop myself and relax tell yourself, you know, you got more time than you think. Relax, settle the pin, get the right yardage. So I settled the 40 pin right on the heart, you know, thinking for whatever reason in my mind that she was closer than 40. I was thinking she was like 38 yards, 35-ish yards. <laughs> Don't know why. That part I didn't <laughs> no. think through, I guess. 
But I put the 40 like right on the heart and I just really settled in. I remember just taking my time and really staying in the shot and I let it go and I can see that nocturnal go through the air and just, and when it hit, it just whack. And the deer like nose dived into the ground. Like it, like it took the legs out from underneath it, like nose dove right into the ground, kind of did this little like thrash and then took off. I was like, dude, yeah. I have no idea where I just hit that deer. I'm like, I hope it wasn't farther than I thought. And I hit it in the legs. Like, I was all worried, like super worried. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just wounded this deer. So you're like, yeah, don't worry about it. You probably hit it better than you thought. All right, what's cool? And you're like, hey, you want me to get down and help you track? I'm like, no, no, I no, can handle I this. I said, let's wait until like 930. Yes, yeah. And then why don't we get down? I'll come down and we'll just go take a look at it. Problem was that was uh, that was that weekend. It rained mm-hmm. like off and on all day long. Well, we had a nice little break after I shot that deer, and it had not rained for about a couple hours. Well, it got to pushing about nine o'clock, and you're like, "Hey, rain's coming in. Why don't you get down and go see if you can find blood and what? What? Let me know what you see." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense." Yep. I got down. I saw a ton of deer that morning. A bunch of little bucks chasing uh, another doe all around me. Oh yeah. You know. Um, that was my only doe tag so i was done you know i couldn't shoot another deer so i'm like all right i'll get down i'll check it on my own i get down over there and i'm finding blood i got you on the phone i'm like man there's blood everywhere like and there's some white hair it's like i don't know and then i found my arrow just covered in blood like to the tip that's why i couldn't see the nocturnal it was literally just caked in blood i'm like (laughs) that's the best guy i was like well this looks pretty good man you're like you want me to come down and help i'm like no stay up in your tree I'm telling you, man, between 9 and 10.30, that bottom there, it's just been hot year after year. I've seen it too much. And the reason I think we went to to uh, the farm property in the first place was because of the uh, historical data I had from my trail cameras. From your trail Remember? camera, yep. I pulled up the trail cameras, which was set up right where you were at, my trail 28, camera. 29th, 30th or something like that was like the hot, hot time. Yeah, there was bucks moving in daylight right through there, cruising right past your stand. Mm-hmm. So I was like, these they all move late, you know, like 9.30, 10 o'clock, just stay where you're at. So I get down, I start tracking my deer, and I'm, I'm, I'm still on the phone with you, and I walk 30 yards. I'm like, oh, there's a deer right there. I was like, I guess that's mine. I walked up to it, and sure <laughs> enough, I think I hit the bottom of the heart or something and went in and uh, came out the, the backside leg, which I think was the thwack yep. that I heard. Mm-hmm. And uh but I ended up, I mean, it went maybe 40 yards, 50 yards. Yeah, he yards. toasted it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, toast. It didn't go very far. <laughs> no. So I'm getting ready. I'm all pumped up. I'm sending pictures out. You know, hey, doe down. Uh, sending the text out to the group and everything. And all. Uh, and I'm kind of pumped up because I didn't get to hunt that whole week, remember? I, yeah, I worked all week worked. long. People were killing deer. I was all bummed out. I'm like, first time out, first morning, first sit, first daylight. I got a doe down. I'm, I'm jacked up. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And quickly, um, my excitement turned from me towards you. That it did, sir. Yes. So while my blabbling along about a little 40-pound doe. (laughs) It was not 40 pounds. (laughs) It was a smaller one, but it was a good eater size. No, it was a great deer. Mm -hmm. Um, But you gave me a call, and uh, why don't you go ahead and take it from there? Well, I was talking to you about that doe. Mm Mm-hmm. And you, I was like, oh, you want me to help you drag it out or something like that? And you're like, no, just stay in a stand. And I was like, all right, well, I might just sit in here for like 15 more minutes. And you were like, well, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And I hung up from the phone with you, and I just, I blind grunted over my shoulder a couple times, like once or twice. And I was sitting there, and I don't even know what made me look over my shoulder. It was probably 15 seconds after I grunted. 
And I look down in that bottom and I see a buck coming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> and I put my binos up on him and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> and I get, all I could really tell was he was wide. Mm. And he was coming. He was, when I first saw him, he was probably only about 40 yards. Yeah. And I stood up and I had so much cover. And I was standing there and I was watching him come and I had my bow in my hand and I flipped my seat up, made no noise. I thought I was going to make some noise because there was a little bit of leaves right there. Mm-hmm. There was kind of crunchy. And I was waiting and I was watching him and he was just coming right up that trail, man, like it was clockwork. And he got behind his head behind like a big brushy spot and I drew my bow back and he stood there. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm going to have to hold my bow for a while. <laughs> and literally right when I thought that he started walking again, I was like, all right, all right. And he was walking, and he hit this big post right at 20 yards, and what I thought was perfectly broadside. And I worked my bow around this branch, and I settled it in, and I shot. And I heard a pop, but it wasn't the pop he wanted. And right. I'm looking, and he takes off running, and I was like, all right, all right. And I see him standing there at like 50 yards, and it was back. And I started to panic. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I pulled another arrow out of my quiver, and I th- put it on there. And he started trotting a little bit, and I pulled up my rangefinder, and he stopped again, and I ranged it, and it was 60 yards. And I was like, all right, he's back. I got to try and get a bleeder on him. Mm-hmm. So I put my pin on 65, and he started walking again, and I just, I'm assuming, because I don't think I hit him, I just sailed one right over top of him. And I, he didn't start running. He started, like, he picked up the pace a little bit, and he moved into this brushy stuff, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I hit him good. I mean, he looked like it was back. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to watch him. He just disappeared. So then I called you. And I was like, dude, I just shot a buck. I'm going <laughs> to fall out of the tree stand. <laughs> I didn't even get to gut my dough out yet. <laughs> I was like, what? You're kidding me. <laughs> this was a three-year drought for me, people, oh, on man. bucks. So I've been shooting does, but I haven't had a buck in, a good buck in, in range in quite a while. So I'm talking to you, and I'm, I'm whispering. And then I see him crossing that creek. Mm-hmm. And this creek is, you can't get across it in, in knee boots. You got to have, not even, not even hip boots. You it's need, about waist high. Yeah, you need waders to get across it. And on the other side of or it is. Or someone's back. Or someone's back. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm watching him and he walks right across that creek nice and easy. And I could see the arrow at that point and it was back. Mm-hmm. And he walked right into the nastiest swamp you have ever seen in your life <laughs> and i was freaking out obviously and i was talking to you and i was like all right well i'm just gonna sit in the stand for a little ways longer until i fall out of it basically <laughs> i was losing my mind at that point and then you were like all right i'm gonna take care of this dough and then uh i'll give you a call when i start walking so i got down on a stand after you called me and i met you up in the field and we went back and called in some reinforcements eh mm-hmm. we did we called in my brother John and uh, Anthony to come down and help us out. I start as soon as you said you hit a buck and, and you thought it was a little back. I started texting, you know, the group. It went from "Hey, Doe," down to "Hey, Austin shot a buck. We need help. Who can help us? You know, <laughs> whatever you guys can do, we really appreciate it. You know, and uh, we end up getting John and Anthony to come down. And we had a pretty good tracking squad, but we did. But about then, the time they got there, yeah, it started raining pretty yep. good. Yep. And rain and blood do not mix well, Mm-mm. as you all may know. No, I mean, we're blood tracking beagles, man. We get it done, but if there's no blood, it's hard for us to track deer. It's almost impossible. Yeah. You got to follow ruffles in the leaves or whatever, but you get into a swamp, there's no leaves. 
I remember at one point, literally the blood I was finding was the raindrop. There was a red raindrop dripping off the grass. And that was what I was seeing. Yep. And I was like, I got blood. I was like putting my hand underneath it. I'm like, yep, that's blood. Yep. It was that bad. And, and oh, man. but It was nerve wracking. So let me backtrack a second. Yeah. It crossed the creek. We need them to bring waders. Mm-hmm. I had my waders in my car. So I thought. <laughs> when I got home, I realized I took them out that morning. Nice. To fit some more stuff in the car. I was like, ah, I'm not going to need those. Yeah, I needed them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get down there and we start tracking and it is, it's spotty to begin with. Not great. Found the arrow. It had bright red blood on it, but you got down to the fletchings and there was a little bit of bile. Mm-hmm. So we knew it was definitely back. And we're sitting there and we're like, man, it'd been about hour and a half, two hours at that point. Yeah, I'm trying to think. By the time you shot it, and by the time we got across the creek on tracking it, it'd been about, yeah, two I two shot and it at 920-ish. Yeah. Yeah, about two and a half hours. And then we were like, man, we we should probably wait a little bit longer, but this rain, we're going to run out of blood quick. Well, not only that, we didn't know where it went across the creek. I, I had an idea where it went across. Yeah, but, but we didn't know after it crossed the creek which direction it went. I yeah. mean, you almost have to get a direction mm-hmm. of, tra- of travel or else, when if you do have to go down to a grid search, which is what this is basically amounting to, mm-hmm. you need to know an, an approximate direction of which the deer went. Yep. Or you're screwed. I mean, you're talking a 200-plus acre swamp with stuff so thick you can't see a foot in front of you. That Yeah. It just... It, it's not realistic. It's gnarly. You know? <laughs> to say the least. It's brutal is what it was. I remember one point I was down on hands and knees mm-hmm. crawling under stuff to I find I was crawling blood. under stuff, too. And, you know, we, we got to the point where we... Totally ran out of blood, and it was, you might find a literal pin drop of mm-hmm. blood, and it was like clotty blood. And at that point, we were like, well, we saw his track over there, and it was a really big track. Let's yep. just find the biggest track. Mm-hmm. And we found the biggest track, and we started following that track. And it wasn't a running track. It was definitely a walking track. Mm-hmm. Started following it. We probably followed it another what, 60, 80 yards before you found At another least tiny little spot of blood? 60 to 80 yards mm-hmm. on the one trail that I had already walked down and, and looked, mm-hmm. but I didn't go far enough. And same reason I went down that trail is because I saw a big track that was bigger than all the other ones. It stood out. It was fresh. I mean, with all the rain we got, and you knew it was fresh. Yep, super fresh. And I found this little tiniest thing. And when I found that blood, man, I jumped inside in excitement. Like, <laughs> you have no idea how excited I was because I love being that guy that finds that spot. Because I know when I'm on blood trails looking for my deer, when someone on a different direction after you've been looking for a little while for blood goes, hey, I got blood over here. Well, we were fanning out oh, at that point. We were like, yeah. Dude. There was only four of us, and it's a huge area, but mm-hmm. we were trails just fanning everywhere. out. Trails everywhere. Beds everywhere, but yeah. no blood anywhere. Nope. So we found that spot. Mm-hmm. We kept going. And then we got to a point where it got pretty open, and there was two main trails. And we figured, you know, hey, Austin, you take the left trail. I'll take this right trail. I think he went down this right trail, but, I mean, there's tons of leaves on the ground at this point now. You can't see tracks. You can't see anything. like we, we let's just you know exhaust both the options we don't really know he could have crossed back over to the creek and be in the bedding on just on the other side you know where he kind of probably came from or was going to initially i should say mm-hmm. so we start heading down there and then you got up and then uh what happened from there so we crossed this little creek it mm-hmm. i mean it's a hop across it. it's not anything big and as soon as i stepped across that creek 
I heard something crashing through that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it sounded all messed up. And everybody froze at that point. I think everybody heard that thing crashing through there. And we're like, oh, man, do we just jump that deer? And sure as shit, we jumped that deer. And we went and we were like, let's just try and find if he was bedded up. Maybe he, when he was crashing, he busted open a little bit more and he's going to start bleeding again. We couldn't find any of that. So we decided to back out. And at that point, no blood, kind of a sense of direction where it went. Yeah, I remember we found one other little pinprick that looked like it was uh, the deer was leading into that bedding area, mm-hmm. but we didn't find any bed with or blood with bed in it. Nope. Or, oh my gosh, any bed with blood in it. We didn't find any blood really anywhere near where we thought that deer jumped up. And it was raining. And it was raining, and we're like, oh man. And I was, you know, at that point, you you feel uh, it's kind of a mix of emotions. You feel optimistic because. The buck had only gone probably 200 yards and bedded down, which means he's hurt. He's hurting. He's not doing real well. But on the other end, you just jumped him, and now he can run for who knows how far on a wound in which he's not bleeding. Mm -hmm. We know he's going to die. We're confident with the bile on the arrow that that deer will not survive. No, he wasn't going to will not survive. But... And we should have done this from the beginning, but when in doubt, back out. Yep. Now, I'll defend our case in the fact that, like I said before, you got to get a general direction. And if I believe strongly, if we did not go across and get that general direction and find those two little pinpricks of blood. Wouldn't have found that deer. Probably would not have found that deer. No way. Even if we had left and that deer had died in his bed where we jumped him, there is an 80% chance we would not have found that deer. Because one... You would have never known he went across that creek, went all the way into the swamp, bounced back out of the swamp, back towards the timber, and then bedded up in some of the gnarliest, nastiest stuff that you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. You could have walked right past them easily. It was so thick in there, you literally had to be on your knees to get underneath the stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like Charles said earlier, you couldn't see a foot in front of you. Right. And we we were fairly confident that, yes, there was gut on the arrow. But And you thought he was broadside, but the way I was playing it out in my mind, knowing that stand location, knowing where you shot him, there had to be some quarter. And I knew there was a quarter. slightly quartered, too. Yes. And I was like, well, you know, maybe you got liver. Maybe you got a lung. You know, maybe you didn't hit him as far back as you thought. There wasn't, like, liver blood. That was the only thing. It wasn't that dark, almost purpley blood. It was bright red blood and it had bubbles it had in bubbles it. And then it had bile on the end of the arrow. Yeah. So there was hope <clears throat> yeah. that maybe you got a lung and went out the gut. That yep. that was my thought. You went into a lung, quartering at, yep. went out the gut. Just the way everything worked out, that's what I figured it was going to be. Yep. So that's why we decided to pursue. Did we make the wrong choice? Probably. Probably. Yeah. But, and I will I will say this now because what we ended up doing probably saved us and we should have just done it from the beginning was just back out. When in doubt, back out. And calling a blood tracking dog. Luckily, this year in Pennsylvania, it passed that you can use blood tracking dogs. And I don't know who said it. It might have been Johnny. It might have been you. I think it was somebody said, why don't we call a blood tracking dog? Yeah. And on the way home, after we backed out, we started calling blood trackers. Mm -hmm. You did a Google search, found United Blood Trackers. And God bless that, like, (laughs) that organization. So we ended up calling up someone who we thought was going to be the closest to us. Yeah, it was a guy up in Franklin. Chris Miller. Chris Miller. 
Chris Miller. Uh, Chris Miller was out of Franklin. He had a dog, and he would have only been about a half an hour from where we were at, roughly. He would have been a lot closer, than, but... When I talked to him, unfortunately, he had family in from out of town. He had dinner plans that night, and he was leaving first thing in the morning to go up to Erie to go uh, on a fishing trip Yep, for the weekend. Yep. He's like, hey, man, I would love to help you, but I just can't. So he starts – and I was on the phone for the, for probably a half an hour with this guy. Yep. Super helpful. I mean, he was Telling him going, about the hit, He was going over the whole hit. He's like, that's definitely a dead deer. He's like, I'll tell you right now, like, if you got gut on the air, there's a 90% chance. Well, he didn't say 90% chance, but in my head, I was thinking there's 90% chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we're going to find this deer. Basically, tell us there's a real good odds you're going to find the deer because the the scent of a gut shot is very strong and the dogs can pick it up yep. fairly easily. You know, so he started to offer some uh, recommendations of other people in the area and uh, he offered a couple names and then he said that uh, you know there's a, a susan edwards down in ford city he said she's very very good she has a very experienced beagle uh you know she has a couple dogs i've heard of her coming up as far as like sharpsville area before you know which isn't too far from you guys you know give her a call see what's up so austin you ended up calling her mm-hmm yeah, and you talked to her, and you want to talk about a little bit how that went. Yeah, so I called her up, and uh, same thing. Kind of went through the shot placement. Did we continue to push the deer? Everything mm -hmm. like that. She was like, are you sure there was bile on the arrow? All that stuff. I was like, I'm positive. And we backed out, and she said, you know, I'm feeling really under the weather. Mm -hmm. And it's rainy, and it's cold. I don't want to get pneumonia. And I was like, listen, I totally understand it. And she's like, I can't make it out until Monday. And at that point, I was like, I was bummed. I was yeah. like, you know, I guess we'll come back tomorrow and just grid search it. That was our option. We were, do we come back tomorrow, Sunday, and the two of us go and grid search the area? Yep. Or we wait till Monday and have her come in with the dogs. And I was trying to give you like a percentage, you know, if we grid search this, and I was being optimistic. I was like, <laughs> you're being probably, very optimistic. I was like, we probably have about a seven to ten percent chance. Yep. Yeah. You know, and that's real. That's reality. That with the size of the swamp and, and how thick, thick it is of the swamp. Yeah. Uh, those deer can just die in the the craziest, gnarliest places. Yeah. I said, now with the, the blood tracking dogs on a gut shot wound that's been dead for X amount of hours, it's gonna have a pretty foul scent. Yep. I'll be honest with you, I'm putting it between an 80 to 90% chance yep. that we find this deer. Yep. And I was like, that's a pretty strong chance. That, that, I'll take those odds any day. You know, so we went to uh, my brother's Halloween party and we talked about it. And, you know, you weren't kind of, you kind of weren't feeling it. Dude, I was so bummed at that point. Like everybody, I don't know if I had like, just like piss off written all over my face <laughs> or what, but everybody came up to me and they're like, dude, like. You're going to find him. It's going to be all right. And I was like, listen, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say it was like the first thing my mom said to Your you? Your mom she came saw up you? to me and gave me a hug. And she's like, you'll find the deer tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, don't be all bummed out. Have fun. And I was like, you know what, Brenda? You're right. Mm -hmm. And I had fun that night. It was good. But we did. We were up way too late. We were. And yeah. I got a call mm -hmm. early in the morning from Sue. And she said she was feeling better. And there was a big gap in rain that day. She was like, I couldn't get a hold of you as fast as I could. I got to go track for another guy, but I'm going to be very close to where you are tomorrow if you want to come out. And I was like, listen, <laughs> I'm calling Charles right now. I'll yeah. get right back to you. And she was like, all right, just make sure that you go and you get 
landowner permission for those surrounding mm-hmm. properties. And I was like, I can absolutely do that. So we got up and we went out there and we went and knocked on some doors and all of the landowners were incredibly nice. And mm-hmm. they were all like, absolutely go find the deer. Yep. So we got the landowner permission and she showed up and she had her one dog ran, I think a mile and a half that morning. She was like, I'm not going to take this dog out. My other dog's more experienced anyway. We're going to get on this deer. Let's go. Yeah, she was confident in our tracking compared to the person prior to us because they had jumped the deer all night long, kept jumping it, kept, you know, chasing it. She didn't think that deer was dead. Right. So she used Ruby, her younger beagle, Yep. Uh, less experienced on that track and saved Roxy for ours. She saved Roxy for ours. Roxy yep. is, is the shit. So. <laughs> that is an awesome <laughs> blood tracking dog, man. So we get into the timber and we didn't go from the shot site mm-hmm. because like i said that crick you got to have chest waders with the dog and everything mm-hmm. it's just not really possible so we took them back to last blood and she was like this is really out of the ordinary like we don't typically do this and she's like i'm just gonna start running the dog we'll see if she can pick up the scent and get going from there maybe we'll backtrack a ways and get more scent and then start boogieing well that's exactly what happened. We started going back, and the dog was going back and forth, picking up scent, picking up scent, and took us on a couple of different trails, and we were like, oh, man, I don't think it went this way, and she was like, I don't think it went this way either from what you told me, and we took it back a little bit farther, and don't you know the dog picked up on scent, mm-hmm. and then the dog just started going crazy. Yeah. And that dog- Determined. De- very determined. That dog, man, beagles are very short. People are very tall. That dog was running under that stuff and pulling and everything else. And we're like, we're trying to fight underneath all of this nasty swamp brush and everything. Jaggers and multiple God bless Susan because she's a champion. She is an absolute warrior to go through that stuff. I know what I went through to get (laughs) through that stuff. And she was keeping up with us pace for pace. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I felt... I mean, I literally have never felt worse in my life about bringing someone through something like that. I felt terrible. <laughs> like, I was literally doing everything I could in my power to try to help her. Yeah. I was trying to hold, you know, brush back, try to get ahead so I can grab the dog yep. while she, you know, you guys took your time working through stuff. Because the dog was, I mean, she was determined. She literally got on a trail and she did not want to stop. Yep. And we're like, did a deer really go through all of this stuff? I can't believe it went through that. Oh, my gosh. Cannot believe that it went through that. But we probably tracked that deer, what, 600 yards? It was almost to the dot, approximately, I'd say, from the last spot of blood when that dog really got on it, 600 yards. She said it was like just over 600 yards. Through the nastiest stuff ever. And we started going through and we got on this straight line. And she's like, you know what? Deer that have been hit farther back, eventually Mm -hmm. they get set on these straight line patterns and they just go until they die. Yeah, because if you remember, I was holding Roxy up waiting for you guys. Yep. And she was tugging. She's like, how hard is she pulling on? And I'm like, she's pulling as if she's very determined. Yep. I said, I mean, she's, and as I was talking, the dog barked and she went, oh no. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh no. <laughs> That's when my heart sank. I'm I like, was what? like, oh no. And she went to describe, you know, the dog, basically it sounded as if she was reading the, you know, the actions of the dog and it, it seemed like the dog was on a live deer. Yeah. She said the way I explained it, you know, we're in a swamp with a lot of standing water. The deer could have walked through the standing water and transferred its scent onto another deer's scent. Yep. And the dog could be tracking the wrong deer. Yep. And that's when she pulled her GPS out and was like, well, 
We're on a straight line. Let's give it another 100 to 200 yards. If we don't find this deer within 100 to 200 yards, I think we're on the wrong deer. Yeah. But she was confident once she saw that we went in dead straight line. We did. It was like, it was <laughs> a beeline, literally. Yeah. And we're going, and <clears throat> the dog starts making this big J hook. Mm-hmm. And you were out ahead of me, and yeah. she was in between me and you. And the dog started circling back, and she was like, what the heck, you know? And I looked at you, and you had this freaking look. Oh, dude. I was getting <laughs> fired up when I saw that J-hook. Oh, my. Did you have this look on your face? And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and what happened? Dude, I was, I was, I, when I saw the deer, or the dog start to J-hook back, I immediately started to look for a deer. Because just from everything we know, they J-hook into bedding. Yep. And it was this big J-hook. We're right on the edge of that swamp. And I'm like, yeah, so I start scanning. I wasn't even watching the dog anymore at this point. She's holding the dog, and I'm looking, and I I see something. And I'm like, what is that? And I, I double tay, I triple tay, and I'm I'm looking at it. And then I see a face. And then I see a rack. Oh, buddy. And I went, there's your deer. <laughs> there's your deer. It's right there. Like You I lost got, your mind, dude, dude. I got all fired up. <laughs> I think I gave her a big hug. I gave you a big hug. Oh, I was, yeah. I was waiting that entire tracking job. I, I, um, I'll be selfish here. I wanted to be the one to see that deer first. Dude, I don't care who saw it first. <laughs> I was excited to find the thing. And you know what? He was not a live deer. He was dead as a doornail. Yeah, he was done. And he was covered in mud. <laughs> yeah. That's what really makes me think we may have probably never found that deer just the way it yeah, was. Yeah, I don't think we would have found it him. The way it buried itself into the thicket. And it was muddy and I mean, it blunt the the coloration when you see the picture, the coloration of this deer is just so dark. Yep. And it was covered, caked in mud, all over from going through the swamp. All over. And it was laying in such an odd way, you couldn't see the white patch on the belly. That's what threw me off. No, and you can almost not see his rack. He like buried his head the whole side into yeah, the mud. The one side was buried in the mud, and his head was like cocked up into this real thick area. And that's why, like, I looked at it like. 40 times like, what 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 is that and i was like that's a deer it has to be a deer and i'm like fighting with myself my mind all within a half a second i'm like there's your deer oh yeah oh yeah uh man that that moment right there that i was like thank the lord like this yeah because you deserved it man i i did not want to see i know the feeling yeah i mean if you bow hunt long enough you're gonna have that feeling yeah and i you know i've experienced too many times and it's like when you, you hit a buck and, you know, a nice buck and you don't find it, it's just not. It's devastating. It's, and you you know you put a good shot. Well, not a, You know you put a, you know, a, a shot that killed the animal. I still don't know what happened with that shot, to be honest with you. I thought I was right behind that crease and I ended up hitting him back. I mean, yeah. my bubble could have been off. Like, my bubble level could have been off. Any, anytime, I don't know what happened with it. Anytime you have to lean around something yep. where you get off of your form. Yep. Anything can happen. Yep. That's I true. missed a deer this year doing that same thing. Yeah. Leaning out around it, trying to get around a tree and kind of leaning out and shot right under it. Yep. You know? And it doesn't take much to yank even a close shot. Yeah, it was a twenty yard shot. It should have been a chip shot. And you know, that's where practice comes into play. Mm-hmm. Honestly. You know, but we ended up finding him and I couldn't be more ecstatic about finding him. He's a Big old eight point, old, old, old deer. He had three teeth left in his head. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I can definitely vouch for the, the blood tracking dogs. I mean, huge shout out. That's really it. the point of my story. Like, yeah. 
if you think you have a marginal hit, back out and call anybody from United Blood Trackers, even if they just get you good advice and they don't come out. But chances are they're going to come out. Yeah. It is a phenomenal service. Unreal. Unreal. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, that dog made work of that track like nothing I've ever seen before. And again, there's probably uh, half a percentage of chance that we would have found that deer. It turned a like a four to seven percent chance of finding that deer into a hundred percent chance of finding yeah. that deer. It was that crazy. Point. It, it was... blew my mind. I couldn't even believe it. But once that d- dog actually got on the right track and picked up the right scent, it literally took. Besides the fact that we were busting through six hundred yards of thick, nasty, just pure cover, it took us I don't know half an hour maybe to get through all that once we, once we really got on that yeah. deer it probably took us half hour yeah if that yeah and that was just us and really we were holding back the dog yeah because you had to keep we it, couldn't get through it, it the dog was, would have been there oh 15 yeah. minutes before us yeah right? the dog would have <laughs> yeah. been there in five minutes it would have covered that 600 oh, yeah. yards and, oh yeah and been on the deer like hey guys i'm up here i'm up waiting here. for you yeah so it worked out perfect i mean it couldn't have been any better we ended up one of the property owners that we got permission it like basically uh it expired just maybe 150 yards back behind their house. Yep. We brought the deer cart back in, loaded it up, deer cart right through their backyard, right to the truck, loaded it up in the truck, and we were gone. And we were gone. It couldn't have got any better than that. No. That deer could have died in the middle of that swamp and just ruined our entire day. <laughs> it could have, man. That would have been a serious pack out because that was a really, really big deer. It was a big old swamp donkey brute. That he was. But... A huge shout out to Susan Edwards. And, you know, if, if you live anywhere around us, Mercer, Lawrence County, Mercer County, anywhere around that area, give any of those guys a call, but specifically Susan Edwards, because she's my homie right now. (laughs) And you can probably give her a call at, she gave us her card and said, feel free to let anybody know about me, but give her a call at 412-549-1480. And, you know, she'll assess your hit and everything, and she'll come out and at least give you a lot better odds of getting your, recovering your deer. I mean, that, it blew my mind how well it worked. She might not uh, give you what you want to hear, but she's going to give you, you know, the best advice possible. And you're, you're not only that, you're going to learn, you know, some stuff too. And she, I learned a ton from that experience. She was talking about maybe helping uh, put our beagle through some training on blood tracking and stuff like that and giving us all kind of tips and different things which was really cool super cool you know they're always looking for other people out there and she said it's very easy to you know get them trained up and get them in the program but even if you just use them for yourself now that pennsylvania passed it's the best thing they've ever done it is that law should not have taken this long no i agree but so many other deer found there would be and that that's a big part of it that's why we hunt you got to find those deer man that's all i mean that's what it's that's why we do it that is why we do it so but enough of my story that's a great story i like it because i found the deer (laughs) well you found a deer and sue found the deer i was kind of tagging along roxy found the deer yeah i just saw it first you just saw it first but we (laughs) found the deer and i'm i'm very excited about it yeah but what happened with you man three couple days days later. later three days later yeah, I went right back out to that same property, but different side. You, know? you did. A spot like, that well, we scouted. Mm-hmm. Said, you know what? I got to hunt this spot one time all year long, earlier in the year. I tried hunting it early season, trying to get on a buck out of buck bedding, close to bedding, going into food. 
and I, and I stayed out of there. I did not go into that spot again all year long until October 30th. Now, we had spent a lot of time on the other side of the farm, you know, looking for your deer through that entire swamp. Uh, you know, I shot my deer. I had a gut power over there. So I was like, I'm going to go to the complete other side. Let's see what happens. So I get in there. Now, we've had all this rain. That creek is to the brim. Yeah, it's ready I mean, to overflow. It's unreal. And it did overflow all through the bottom where I'm set up at. So I'm walking in and I'm second guessing myself. I get about halfway to my stand. Now I have two options. I can hang up top where it's dry, where there's, you know, some doe bedding. And it, I've hunted it before. I've seen little deer go through there and stuff. But it's kind of thick in there. It opens up on yeah. top. But that bottom where it's just up above that, that low water point, mm-hmm. it's thick. So I was thinking, you know, well, uh, it shouldn't be a big deal. It should be higher ground along the creek because that's just how it works out, you know, in these bottom spots. So I'm walking through like almost knee high water to get back in there. I got my lacrosse on, I got my pants hiked up and I'm just sneaking through water, which is cool. Cause it hides your scent. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's like a free sit. It's actually really quiet. Like if you step on a twig or something underwater, I don't know if you ever noticed before, but it barely makes any noise. It's muffled. It muffles everything. Yeah. So I'm sneaking in real quiet. It's an afternoon hunt. I know I got the perfect wind for it. So I get all the way up there and I'm telling myself, okay, I'm going to go in. I'm going to walk over to where the creek is and I'm going to check and see if there's any signs, see if it's dry there. Because if it's dry by the creek, those those buck beds that we scouted, they're solid. They're going to be good to go. Yep. So it was. It was dry. You know, there was a little bit of fresh signs and tracks and stuff headed through there. So, okay, perfect. I'm, I'm hunting it. At this point, I'm committed. Got into my tree, got up in there, and I'm literally on my third stick up. On my third lone wolf, and I hear splash, splash, splash. Here comes a doe right at me. I'm <laughs> I'm doe tagged out. I don't have a doe tag. I'm on my third stick hugging the tree, and this deer literally walk within a foot of my bag and my bow sitting on the ground. And I'm just watching it go right underneath me. I'm like, oh, that was cool. Now I need a hustle. So I hustle <laughs> up, get up in my stand, and I probably wasn't up there very long, maybe a half an hour, and a little buck come out. And he fed the whole way down that uh, creek bottom literally right along the creek, just eating leaves and stuff. And it was really cool. I was watching him getting entertained. And it's getting to be about dark 30, probably 45 minutes of light left. And I just hear what sounds like two bucks going at it back in the swamp. I can hear splashing like crazy. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, these deer are fighting. I'm getting all riled up. Well, I'm, I'm kind of kneeling down because I can't see under the, the leaves, the foliage. I can't see way back in the swamp. So I'm leaning down trying to find out what is going on. I'm trying to see something before I make a grunt just to confirm what it is. Well, I end up finding out what the noise was. It was three doe running towards me through all this water down this across this little uh, one of those little outlets of creeks. It's kind of like a little jump over creek, but they run down through it and they're coming right at me. They're busting through and there's little, there's two little bucks chasing them. I'm like, oh, this is sweet. You know, here come these doe and then they stop and you know, they're milling around. And next thing you know, the, the bucks chase them. There's like a big open area in that swamp. that's just like high grassy. It's all water and they're walking. They're basically working around the edge of it. So they're coming around the right edge of it, which is right towards me. They stop. The little buck chases them. They run all the way back towards the creek. They're splashing all the way through. Now they're working around this big opening to the left. And I'm already looking at trees over there preparing for the next day to go hunt that. 
because I'm all fired up and I'm like, this is going to be a good spot, but I'm thinking they're going to work away from me up towards that high ground where it's dry. So I get up there or I'm, I'm watching up there. Next thing I know, it's three does and uh, it's two little bucks chasing them. And we have the mama doe and the two babies and the two babies split off from the mom and come right at me and literally stand right underneath my tree again. Now I got two little baby doe falling. Sorry, yearlings. <laughs> <laughs> right underneath me. And I'm watching the and next thing you know, I see a, a pr- what I thought was a pretty decent eight point, real nice framed eight point. I'm like, oh wow, that's a good, that's a good respectable buck. I don't know, you know, and then I, I'm I'm still watching and it's getting it's kind of thick over there, so they're coming in and out of openings. And I see a little buck go by, and then an, a little bigger buck, and neither legal, and then I see this real decent buck and i'm like oh oh what's that and i pull up my binoculars and i see five on the on the left side i'm like and now i'm fired up oh yeah i'm like i'm a sucker for 10 <laughs> points <laughs> i'm like oh here we go well then he uh he cruises towards her and the little bucks chase her back the other way back again towards the direction they came from he turns and goes back and i realize his um his opposite side was i guess it would have been his left side his left side was either broken off or or didn't grow so i'm like oh man i don't know and i'm texting you remember i'm texting you i'm like i don't know man i uh you know i see a real nice buck oh here we go here's the text message i pulled it up (laughs) (laughs) so i was was telling you i was like hey young bucks chased off the mature doe and took the mature buck with them because i was telling you there was one decent buck five on one side and three on the other side he either broke it off or never developed you're like, you're in it, man. It's not over yet. I'm like, yeah, the young bucks chased her off. Well, they did. They chased her back into the timber where they came from. And I'm thinking, you know, really cool hunt. Again, I'm looking over there where they're at, trying to find a setup for the next day. I'm going to move in on them. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not waiting around. I'm getting aggressive. Attaboy. I want to be where those deer were because they're going to do the same thing again, you uh, know, probably in the future. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'd shoot them. You know, the one side's kind of messed up. And your next text was, yeah, I got you. Sometimes that bugs me. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, it depends what he is. <laughs> and I can't read the next text just due to ex- <laughs> just Just change the one word. <laughs> so I said, the next text message I sent you, you sent that at 621. The very next text message I sent you was, screw it, he's dead. <laughs> and I said, he's down, baby. And literally, that was at 625. Dude, so I lost my mind yeah. when I saw that. And then yours, blank, yes, <laughs> you're the man. <laughs> oh, and I just, from there, I was like, man, I'm shaking out of my boots. I don't, oh, yeah. yeah. Basically, so what happened was those little bucks chased that dope back around that opening and away and then must have turned her again and she come flying i heard splash 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 now there's only probably a half an hour well 621 625 i shot him and uh you know there's maybe a half hour light left and i hear splash 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 and here comes i pull up my binoculars and here comes this doe just i mean you could tell she's running for her life at this (laughs) point and the first deer behind her is a spike and then there's this little like four point and then here he comes and you can just see that posture when he's coming right in you know they're running around like chasing her he's just like steady walking oh yeah like i'm top dog here all right <laughs> i own this bottom that's my doe back off and at this point again i thought it was that nice eight point i saw i saw the frame i didn't pull binoculars up on it i'm like oh you know what at this point i'm like i'm shooting 
it's on. It's on. It's on. I have to make up my mind, you know, and I, it, it got to the point basically where it was like 25 yards away and I'm facing my tree. Again, it's coming right in at me dead on. Crosses my lane at 30 yards and I'm like, nope, it's going to come closer. The doe ran right under me. Yeah, yeah. The little bucks followed right under me. So I'm like, it's coming in. I'm going to have my trees as cover. So I work my bow up and around the tree. Now I'm, I'm basically facing down into, I guess if I was sitting, it'd be my right. Yep. So I'm facing down there. And once the deer clears the tree, I see that fifth point. Yep. And I realize it's that same one. And I'm like, too late. It's going down. It's going down. <laughs> Demon <laughs> took over. This deer is a mature buck. He's going down. Oh, yeah. So I draw back on him. And he's closing at this point. And that little buck was like 25 yards, just stood there and watched the whole thing happen. And it's coming in, and I, I, uh, I'm I, drawn back, and I'm aiming at it. And my uh, fletchings on my arrow and my quiver are hitting my my seat, which is folded up. Yeah. But it's just so close, and it's, it's hitting my seat. So I'm working around that. Deer's getting closer, closer. I give it a meep, and it just comes to an abrupt stop, like right underneath me. I have eight yards. I think it was like <laughs> literally eight yards and oh, his yeah. head's behind the leaves. And I just remember like halfway settling in, you know, and I have my face mask on, but it's not in my way. And I'm, I, again, just remember taking that extra second to just focus in really steady the pins on it. At this point at eight yards, all three of my pins are perfect. Oh yeah. Put it right behind the shoulder and just whack. And I mean, it's that noise you want to hear. It's beautiful. And you can see he does the big high leg kick. And he just like the Bronken bull kick and he takes off and he runs a half circle around me. And at this point I can see the arrow sticking out of him and just blood gushing out. And I'm like, oh, go down, oh, buddy, go down. And he runs this little like 30 yard half circle and you can just see him just cra like he just busts into this big, heavy, thick stuff. I couldn't even see and just crashes and dies 20 yards from me. And I'm like, oh, man, that's when I exploded. And I text you. And oh, then man. I was going nuts. I'm like, yes, yes. It's the second buck I shot that I watched go down. And this was you know, just the coolest thing to have him come in at eight yards, just whap him. I mean, I put it perfect right oh, through yeah, the lung, did. dead center through the heart. What I found out happened was why I didn't get that full pass through. It hit just where that shoulder meets like the brisket there yep on Perfect. the opposite side on the opposite side it hit right there and it didn't it put a hole yeah in the in the brisket on the other side and poked into the leg but it didn't exit yeah completely and I mean, it was just a perfect, perfect shot. It ran and, and toppled over right in front of me. Yeah, and you toasted him, dude. I called you up, and I'm I'm going over the situation with you. And there's still deer, like they have no clue what happened. Yeah. So that one literally stood there the whole time and watched what happened. I was like, what What happened to uh, What happened to Frank over there, man? <laughs> yeah. A second ago, he's bullying us for this doe, and he just runs off. I don't get it. Dude, you did that doe a service. You saved your life, man. I feel like I not only rescued that doe. I rescued those young bucks from getting their butt kicked all year. Bro. So I'm a little bit of a hero. You are. And then the, the, You're my hero. And then once I shot it, the bald eagle came by and it screeched. Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cool see, part about being I down there. See, there's yeah, bald eagles there's a giant, everywhere giant down there. There's a giant nest right there. It's right so cool. there. Yeah, super cool. But man, that, that was, uh, again, it was just amazing. And I, you know, at the time, I was like, I really hope I don't regret that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not all about that kind of stuff, no, man. No. And what the craziest part, usually there's ground shrinkage. 
there was ground growth. Yeah. That deer was bigger than I thought. Oh, yeah. And I know when he came in, I just saw that nice girthy frame. Too. Yeah. And it was super cool. I never real, I never saw. He actually had six to his one side because he had a split brow. Yeah, he did. Which I'm a sucker for split brows. Me too. A super sucker for split <laughs> brows. And that deer, I'm, I was a little bummed because his left side was snapped off the main beam just after the G2. But he had a nice, thick, bladed brow on the oh, other yeah. side. Yeah. And, you know, I... Pictures Again, don't do that deer justice. They really don't. They don't. Um, he was he was a lot of mass to him. Carried the whole way through. You know, the one side was really nice. I really wish he would have matched up. And in and to be honest, in a year he would have been an absolute giant. Yeah, he would have been a giant. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, that deer I felt was mature. Dude, great buck kill, man. Yep, great. Buck. I was pumped. Absolutely, as, I as never, you should be. Never make an excuse for yeah, a deer I put an arrow not. in. No, I'm not that person. Nope. I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, if a, if a 180 comes walking in behind them that, you know, I'm, I'm going to regret it. I wouldn't. I'm not going to regret it. And I don't care. You shot that deer, man. I shot that deer. That's the deer that I chose that I was going to take its life. I'm going to honor and respect that deer as I should because Absolutely. that's the one that I chose to take its life. You got life. the heart pumping, dude. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. When you called me, you sounded like you were literally going to fall out of the tree. Like, I was in shock. Yeah, oh, yeah. When oh, I yeah. watched him go down. That's what it's about, man. It was the joy and excitement and just to know he didn't cross the creek and we don't have to get the waders <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and try to drag him and oh, go through man. all that stuff. I'm like, hey, man, not as eventful as yours, but he's down. Let's go. I was pumped. Oh, man, that's a great, great, great story. I love but, it. Man, it, it was just like... In three days, the both of us have a, had a buck on the ground, and that realization, like, I don't think it's even hit us yet. No, no. Same property. Same exact property within 400 yards. I was going to say 400 yards. 400 yeah. yards, probably. 400 yards between trees. You know, it kind of plays as two different properties just based on the terrain and everything. Terrain but, from my stand where I was to the terrain where your stand was, there's 100% yeah. different. Yeah. Deer do travel that whole bottom yeah it's like a big corridor so you can see the same deer from my stand to your stand yep. you know when they're really cruising yep but it's they weren't bad that, that obviously different bedding areas everything else those oh, yeah. deer were but and uh we were actually back out there this morning which i'm tagged out but i'm a champion i'm a team player you are a team so player. i brought my youngest brother joe and i brought mike mccoy out you know both have been on the podcast previously and I said, you know what, guys? I, you know, it's my permission out there, but I'll take you. Joe, I'm going to set you up my stand in the dark, same exact tree where I kill my buck out of. You know, there I saw a ton of deer. He just yep. wanted the, he just wanted to kill a deer, doe, buck. He didn't care. You know, and I was like, well, I saw a ton of deer down there. You know, we did very little damage going in and out, you know, killing that deer. We were in and out clean. We had uh, the property owner come down with his four-wheeler and, and load up my buck and take it up so not to mention it was like was a free sweet. set you were surrounded by water right all of your ground scent non-existent gone you know what's weird is too um the full gut pal was still there had not been touched yeah you just probably don't want to get through that water that's what i'm thinking because yeah. that's I probably why you deer feel safe down there too what's weird is and this might it might not be yotes but there's that giant tree down right there by the swamp where that that fence is that he mm -hmm. cut yep. to make room for his fence and it looked like it was burrowed in in a bunch of coyote droppings all over that tree interesting yes very interesting huh. because it's all surrounded in water yep and you can see where there's a hole going down into but maybe it's not coyote i don't know yeah, i'm not a droppings anything. expert by yeah. any means it could be anything that drops 
you know, fairly large uh, droppings that looked like coyote. Poo turds. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I really don't. But it, it was just weird that it would be that close. And, and I've never seen coyotes in, on that. You've heard them before. I've heard them before in distance. They were eating a cow earlier this spring. They were eating a cow earlier in the spring and one that died. Yep. Yep. You know, so they're in that area, which they're everywhere. They're everywhere. But they did here, not yeah. touch that gut pal because it's surrounded by water, which yeah. is weird. But anyways, we were there this morning and I set Joe <laughs> up and it took a long time to get up in the dark because I had set up the stand and like an idiot. I wasn't like, I didn't realize I didn't set up high enough because when I hang my stand with those lone wolves, I get very aggressive on my sticks because I got my linesman's belt. Yeah. I can take a huge step up without any feeling, you know, falling or anything. Right. You're I'm connected safe. to the tree. Right. But with him going to be climbing up without one, I didn't want to make an aggressive jump, you know, between each one. And it's a screwy tree to be to begin with. I mean, you go from like one side to the other side, back to another side, and then up. And it's like they're all crooked and... and I put the stand up. I didn't get up high enough. The worst trees are the best stands, dude. That's what's nice about having that option. You can never get up in there with anything else. Nope. Besides a harness. Yep. You know, a saddle. Uh, so I got him up in there and I got the stand in place and I get up in the stand and I go to put in his uh, bow holder and I realize I'm, I'm way low. Like eight inches to a foot low than I should be. And I'm thinking, man, he's not going to have any lanes. That like, doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't. But in this specific spot, I have already have my lanes clipped out precisely so you ha- don't lose cover and you can shoot. And the lanes are already fairly limited. Yep. You have to be in the exact same perfect spot. And then I found my little marking on the tree where my stand was locked in before. And I went, I can't do this to him. You know, it's going to take me extra time, but I don't want him sitting up in this tree. It's all right. It's, it's crooked. Like, I'm like, it's not safe. I'm 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 gonna get down. I'm gonna fix it. Yep. So I hung up his bow. I got down back on my stick. Put back on my little um, linesman's belt, and I fixed the stand. And he's yep. like, "Man, what took so long?" I was like, "I'll explain later." Yep. <laughs> so I got him up in. He didn't see a deer all morning. I walked from that stand through the property back towards where you were at, and I have a ladder stand there. So I was like, "I'll just sit in the ladder stand. I can see everything." Yep. I sat there and I just observed. And don't you know it? Two yearling doe went 15 yards past me. <laughs> I'm sitting there with a water in my hand. <laughs> and they went, and uh, we, we figured that they had bedded up back behind me or they had went past me up towards the high ground, and that's why he didn't see them. Yep. So all morning long, those are – and then I saw another deer come out of that bedding behind me and feed for a minute and then go right back into it. Yep. So I said, Joe, why don't you stay put? I got to take down the stand anyways. Um Mike's going to meet me from my ladder stand on the other side, and we'll just kind of slowly push towards you. Yep. You know, we'll walk towards you, not making a ton of noise, but I've done pushes here in the past and rifle this exact same way, and the deer filtered right down to that corner where you're at. This could work. So I wait for Mike, and he finally gets there, and we're just kind of talking, and I'm like, okay, text him, hey, we're at the fence, we're going to start going. Um, He's like, all right. And me and Mike break off, and I'm waiting for him to get around. I was sending him down the creek bottom to just kind of creep up to get about halfway, just in case one tried to double back and he could take it out. And he doesn't even get to the edge near the creek. The next text from Joe is, stop. We're like, what? (laughs) What does that mean, stop? Yep. Yep. We're like, uh, so Mike didn't see it. So I'm like whistling him down, trying to get him to stop. And I'm 
waving my phone. Look at your phone. And so I put deer question mark and we get nothing back. We're like, what is going on? Uh, so Mike calls me. I'm like, Mike, come back over here. We'll meet up. I'm like, I'm pretty sure stop means there's a deer coming. Yeah. Then we're standing there in next Texas. Go get the deer cart. <laughs> <laughs> That's we're the like, best tag to get, man. <laughs> we're like, are you shitting me? It worked. Are you shitting me? So we're like, wait, buck or doe? And he's some like his autocorrect kept going four, four. And we're like, what? F O R? It must be doe. And then finally, doe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he was trying to get the other one. It was those same two yearlings. Mm. He was trying to see if the other yearling would come in because he has two tags. Yeah. See if the other one would come in to try to get that one too. But yeah. they literally, as soon as we started walking, they pounced out of that little bedding area, bounded down, and literally walked right to him. He said it was perfect. They kept looking back behind him, and they walked, I don't know, 15 yards from him. And he smacked it, and it ran 20 yards and, and died right there. That's the beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. So that was my morning. It was it was pretty cool. It was eventful. It's the fourth deer we've taken off that property this year. this year. And listen, people, that might sound like a lot of deer to come off one piece of property. It's littered. Yeah. We are not hindering that property whatsoever by doing no. that. No, no way. Not even close. You could take way more. Yeah. Way more does well, off the that property. Well, the property owner indeed. even said, you know, this is this year they've seen more deer this year than they've seen in a long, yep. probably ever. Yep. You know, we could we take a ton that. more doe off that property and be fine. It'd Absolutely. probably benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's kind of an amazing area if you think about it. I've shot three three bucks now, three years in a row. My only three ever taken with a bow, all off of that property in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Yeah, yes. you've shot them in Ohio. I shot the one in Ohio yeah, two years yeah, ago. Yeah. But three years in a row in Pennsylvania, I filled my buck pack on his property. That's so awesome. It's incredible. I love that place. Oh, I wanted to get it done from that. And I told you that. I wanted to get it done from that set so bad because all year long I've been itching to get back in there. And I yep. kept pushing at him. Uh, just I, leave it alone. I'd stay out. And I'm like, <laughs> I know you're right. That's why I messaged you that instead of just going. Yeah. Because yep. <laughs> I know you're right. I just want to, you know, I need my willpower. Sometimes just leaving your better stands, man, just until that sweet spot in the season, it pays off, obviously. I told Mike today because he he's still kind of bummed. He hasn't killed anything. He's barely been seeing deer. I'm like, listen, man, you have more property, permission on properties than anyone I know, and you hunt like the same four all year long. Here's what we're doing next year. So we're going to get on piece of paper, pencil and paper. We're going to listen all your properties. If you want to do off-season scouting on them, that's fine. But we're going to have select stand locations for select wind directions yep. at select times of the year. You got to do that. And you're going to hit each spot two to three times max. Yep. Max. Because he keeps hammering, hammering, hammering on one place that's been really good for him in the past. But it's not there. Yep. You know, and now it's time for the rut and everything. And... He may have blown out his property early season hunting it, yep. you know, his best spot because he didn't have a lot of options. It's hard when you don't have a lot of options. It is. It's hard. Because we didn't get a lot of chances to get out and do that preseason scouting at all these different places. It's so easy to I just go get in a stand that you already have. And you've been successful. You've been successful there. It, that you know? that makes it easy. And I, I, I hate to keep going back to the setup that we have, but having that setup, you can't just go to the same spot every time and throw up your stand. Right. It's not easy. If you come after work and you don't have time, you might not be able to get out that night. But when you do be able to get out, 
you're not pounding spots right. every single time. Like you're not going and hunting the same tree all the time. Like you're limited to where you can hunt because you're mm-hmm. using this setup essentially. But I don't know. I think it paid off this year. I killed one with running gun. You killed one with running gun. One hundred percent. You know, it's and not hunting the same tree every time. It's just it makes sense. And not just my buck kills, but my doe kills. Your too. doe kills too. Yeah. You know, um, I think one hundred percent. I'm not looking back at this point. I, and I want to get to a point. You know, Mike made a good suggestion, and I've I've thought about it previously already because I've heard a lot of people do it. You know, go get permanent hang on stands. I did that this year. You did it yeah. exactly. You did it. You hang them up in your good spots that you prep in the off season with your sticks. You, with your sticks, you take your sticks out and you leave your stand up there. One, nobody can steal it unless they got a set of sticks that they're going to go up and try to get in. A lot of the trees that we're going to hang in, you can't get up with a traditional set of sticks. You're going to have to have a lone wolf or something. Yep. And that's if you even see it, just a regular stand up in the air. Yeah. A lot of times people overlook that. In yeah, I, hang, I hang the platform up, the seat up and everything. It's mm-hmm. just hugging the tree. I mean, you got to be really looking to, to find those stands. So you do that. And then next thing you know, when you go hunting, all you have to do is carry in four sticks. Maybe five if you get a fifth one. It's like eight pounds. It's like eight pounds. <laughs> yeah. You're carrying eight pounds instead of a stand. And you can, at this point now, you can extend your ranges out. Oh, yeah. You can hunt farther. You can hunt deeper. You can hunt harder because you're not lugging a stand back in. And I think that's one of the biggest deterrents from people is you don't want to lug a stand way back in somewhere. Get all sweated up, you know, uh, for a chance of blowing out your property because you've, you know, now you're sweaty and stinky. And oh, yeah. Everything else. And granted, we don't have really heavy stands to begin with. With that stand no. and sticks, we have the exact same sticks, exact same stand. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 17 and a half pounds. So I was thinking, That's lighter I'm than most like, climbers. Yeah, it's right around 20 pounds probably, I yeah. would say. Just plain sticks and stand. My weight, which I have to figure out for next year, is in my backpack. Yeah. I got to figure that out. You do carry a very large backpack. I I've carry always that done really it. little backpack, man. It's just Well, I put, because I put like, I won't walk in, I'll layer I'll walk in and base layers and have my coat and, you know, maybe two jackets and a pair of pants in that backpack, and that fills it up pretty good. Yeah. You know, sometimes I even put in my my safety harness in there just so I'm not sweating all over my safety harness. Yeah. No, I don't blame you on that. I mean, a lot of the times I hang my clothes on my sticks. Mm -hmm. I'll just put the bungee cord over my clothes and stuff there and just walk in that way. It's a good idea, too. I've lost, I I think I lost a jacket doing that one time, though. Did you? Yeah, I had it tied onto my climber. Oh, yeah. And I think I, I've never seen it again, so I'm pretty sure that's how I lost my jacket. Funny story about that. Last year when I had Anthony and we were doing running gun sets, we were walking into a spot one time. We were in the parking lot, and a guy pulled in with two of his boys. They were going squirrel hunting, I think. I don't mm-hmm. think it was rabbit hunting. I think they were going squirrel hunting. And they were like, oh, you guys going in? We were like, yeah. He's like, where are you going? I don't want to come and mess you up. And we were like, oh, we're going over this way. And Anthony put his jacket mm-hmm. in his uh bungee cords on a stand and we were walking in and we got to where we were going to set up and anthony was like dude where's my coat <laughs> and i was like no man and i walked worst. back out just a little bit and i glassed couldn't see it i was like oh man then i was like we'll find it on the way out he was like dude it's gonna get cold i was like you're gonna have to grin and bear it or you're gonna have to go back and sit in the car for the rest of the night <laughs> So we That's hunted brutal. and he froze his nuts off, man. It I was bet. cold. And uh, we went back and his coat was hanging right on the mirror of the car. He never put it on? No, that guy found it. Oh. And hung it on there. And if I ever see that guy's truck there again, I'm literally going to write a little note. Thanks for saving my buddy's coat and put a little five in there. Be like, have a beer on me. Yeah. But I haven't seen his truck at that place ever since. But 
Yeah, that's he really was a good cool. Dude. That's really he could have cool just taken it. Probably fit him. Probably it was a brand new scent lock jacket, man. Oh. <laughs> he could have oh. taken it very easily, and no yeah. one would have ever known. He yeah. just he did the right thing, and I I appreciate people like that. Well, especially you know a lot of hunters that are around here, you got a lot of good guys, but there's still a bad egg here and there that yeah, and it's a shame, man, that we deal with that. But when you come across the good ones that that are the same kind of person you are, and the same kind of sportsman you are that that's really cool man. yeah that's yeah, genuine that and cool. that's what you like to see out there those that's are the I people like i mean just for the fact that he asked where you were going so he wasn't going to mess up your hunt you knew right then and there this was going to be a good guy yeah absolutely you know absolutely a lot of people wouldn't take the time to do that yep so to all you good hunters out there keep being you keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing it's the way to be don't be a turd and take people's shit don't if steal you find stuff. it try and get it back to him yeah I mean, exhaust all options and like that. If you see someone, you know, like you last week, you say you would have found that crossbow. Yeah. You said you would have done the right thing, you know? I just sat there and waited for him. If he didn't come, I'd right. have called the cop and been like, hey, somebody left their cross. First of all, I don't want it. Right. But, I mean, regardless, what am let's I say do it was a it? brand new bow. You're brand not new keep stinking it. crossbow. I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to try right. and get it back to the guy. Yeah. And that's just, that's what it's about. I mean, you got to kind of watch out for one another out there when you're in the woods. You know, and it's that time of year where people, they can get frustrated, you know, maybe they haven't killed anything yet or, you know, they have limited time to hunt and they want to get out there and they just want to go kill a buck and they get so focused on killing a deer that it consumes them and it makes them a different person. Yep. You got to relax and sit back and take it all in and remember why you're doing this. And just enjoy yourself while you're out there. 100%. I, mean, I didn't get to hunt a whole hell of a lot this season. I got out an average amount, but, you know, I just... Even some sits. I only had a couple sits that I didn't see any deer. But don't let it get mm-hmm. down. Don't let it get you down in the dumps. Just enjoy being out there in the woods. We wait all year for this time to just sit in a stand. Yeah. I don't care if I see something or not. I enjoy being out there. But it always does make it a better sit when you see deer. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice. And sometimes you don't even have to see a deer. Maybe it's, as, like I said, the bald eagles or, oh, yeah. you know, the sandhill cranes or... You Those know, drive me nuts. cool ducks. <laughs> I wanted to eat one so bad. <laughs> I do too. Rib eye in the sky, dude. Dude, speaking of which, I didn't yeah. mean to cut you off. That's all right. When I got on the phone with you, when you were going to get your doe that morning, I shot my buck. How many geese flew into that oh field? Oh my goodness. 300? A ton. Like a bunch flew over my head. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then all of a sudden, like, I couldn't hear you on the phone. There were so many geese. Like, they went nuts. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. They came out of nowhere. (laughs) They come up out of that swamp right over our heads. I'm like, damn, that's a lot of geese. I actually, I was going to mention too, to change the subject, was I saw um, four, I, I don't know if they were, they were probably last year's Jake's, but four of them, all with beards today. Nothing wrong with that. Walking right down through the field. Joe saw some big gobblers tonight. He did. I was he looking for that. He sent me a Snapchat, that. and I was like, dude, that one's got a rope on him, dude. I was looking for that paintbrush, because that's where I saw the one with the paintbrush beard. Somewhat. I mean, very close to that area. And I yeah. was looking. I'm like, I'm watching his Snapchat videos. I'm like, where is it? Where's the paintbrush? I'm like, it's got to be there. Oh, man. And it, it wasn't one of them, but that turkey was giant. Yeah. He saw some nice ones, though. Yeah, he did. I'd have shot any one of those. Heck, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was actually bummed when I remembered. I'm like, ah, oh, it's not turkey season. Yep. Cause I, I almost texted him. I was like, dude, shoot one. And then I was like, oh, no. Yeah, wait, no. It was really short. <laughs> <laughs> the season uh, was really short this year. Yeah. Fall, but. Which I don't mind. I was thinking I didn't have to wear orange, so nothing else is in. So turkey's out. Damn it. 
I like hunting them better in the spring anyway. But I do too, but after I saw that real massive one and then yeah. I shot my buck and I had a couple days still when the season was in, I almost took the shotgun back out after that that paintbrush oh, yeah. bearded son of a gun. He I don't was blame huge. you, dude. I don't blame you. I would have been so cool to put down a monster tom right after killing a big Ooh, buck. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> but it is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I don't know. I had a lot of fun telling the stories and reliving those. Hopefully, we painted a good picture for you and you felt like you were there with us. Absolutely. And if not, I'm sorry. Come yeah, sit in the studio with us and we'll tell it to you again, I guess. <laughs> I'll tell you. You can see my antics. I'll go through, you know, everything. I'll show oh, yeah. you in, in first person what it looked like. It was beauty. We even have Austin running around like a deer here in the rack shack and I'll show you exactly what happened. We'll I'm, recreate it. I'm game for it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're getting up on time, man. So what do you have to say to the listeners? The advice for... These mm-hmm. next next couple weeks. I mean, season's coming to an end here pretty quick, but it, it it's hot and heavy. It's the rut, man. Uh, you know, I'm headed out tomorrow morning uh, to go to Ohio. Ohio trip out of state for eight days. Yep. And I know I'm going to be focusing on bedding areas, downwind side of bedding areas, uh, any kind of pinch or funnel point between bedding areas. Yep. You know, so my whole game plan, I'm going to get in, I'm going to try to be very aggressive to getting in on some bedding and i'm gonna bring the decoy out and see if i can't set him up in some open areas yep just to kind of you know maybe hunt from the ground ground and pound keep the attention off me certainly and see if i can get it done because you can see for a long ways i like it i would say advice for out there yeah you you want to kind of transition off of food more or less into no more food now yep bedding areas downwind side of bedding areas are crucial those bucks will cruise those downwind and scent check those bedding areas if you see does pay attention where they are yep go where the doe go yep because where the doe go the buck will go that's solid advice so that's you know that's basic knowledge it's general knowledge but yep it definitely, uh, I found it, it has helped us out. That's so. true. That's true. What about you? Got any other advice? Uh, I don't really like to do it this time of year, but you know what? I'm tagged out and I <laughs> still have plenty of doe tags here in Pennsylvania. So I might try and focus on killing a couple of does. Yeah. Still have a tag in Ohio. Depends what Anthony wants to do. Maybe we'll go over and hit some public over there one day or something like that. But I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to try and focus on some does and get some meat in the freezer. There you go. That's what I'm thinking. But yeah, their season goes late. We can always hit head over there too. Oh, dude, because in the February sometimes I'm not worried about it at all. But we'll we'll get some stuff done. But sounds yeah. good, man. Yeah, let's wrap it up. It's a great episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I did said. too, man. So that's all that matters, right? True that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, good luck this season and get it done. You're There's running out of time, time, but you got plenty of time left to get it there. It's the best time of the year to be in the woods. It Just is. be in there as much as you can. Yep. If you can stand to do an all-day set, do an all-day set. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that'd be my one piece of advice. Yeah. And, yeah. and we've mentioned it before. Just be smart with it. Yep. You know. Absolutely. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I went on our email the other day. We got an email. What? Yeah, we got an email from a listener. <laughs> nice. Guess who it was? Who? It was my mom. That's <laughs> <laughs> counts. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> totally counts. Yeah. So that's a good segue. Was it our first positive email? It was. Oh, that's good. She likes the podcast. Excellent. Yeah. So I'm cool with that. Cool. 
Thanks, Mom. Yep. <laughs> and we probably still have some hats out there, guys. So if you're interested in a hat, we're, I'm going to look into some other gear. A buddy of mine was asking about some, like, stickers and stuff. So yep. I'll look into that here, too. We'll do it to it. So I'll I get them it. out. If anybody's interested, hit us up on our email. At the Whitetail Distraction Podcast at gmail.com. Whether you want a hat, whether you want to talk to us, whether you want to come in, whether you have questions or concerns or comments. Or a buck or, story because you just laid story. one down. Let's go. Send us some pictures, man. Yep. We'll throw them up. Absolutely. We'll share all your stuff on Instagram and Facebook. Absolutely. You at, can also find us yes. on Instagram and Facebook at, at the Whitetail Distraction Perfect. Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube mm-hmm. at the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. Video is terrible because there isn't one. There is no video. But it's all audio. <laughs> But, you know. I've been bringing out my camera, though. Maybe I can get just, get some video here at some point. Honestly, I'd like to take my camera out and uh, maybe get Anthony putting one down on camera. I, I think, think that'd, that'd be, be cool. cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll hang a double set and try and do that. Yep. But, yeah. All right, man. All right. Cool. See you guys. See you. Distraction's real. Yeah, don't forget the distraction's still real. Yeah, I almost forgot. It's realer now than ever. Tis. Because it's November. Tis the season for the rut. <laughs> From antelope in the western plains to the whitetails of the Midwest and giant black bears in Canada, watch 100% bow hunting action on Respect the Game, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.